Well, hello and good morning. It's an exciting day at New Spring Church, every single campus. Uh, all of our campus pastors are excited, but I want to especially say that Riley Cummings, our Anderson campus pastor, is excited. He was so excited during our family time we just had that he forgot to release the ushers from uh, setting up the offering. So that's what's happening in this room, and it's A-OK. -okay. So we'll, we'll cheer our ushers on in the Anderson room. Come on, everybody, let's cheer them on. They're getting it done. Well done, and hello, good morning, all 14 campuses all across the state. We're pumped about what God is doing. Uh, it was cool to see Dan down there in Columbia, and uh, man, this is a, a first. Our church is 20 years old, y'all, um, so next year we'll be 21, so the elders, the leaders, we've talked, we're going to actually move from uh, uh, grape juice during communion to communal wine. Next year we'll be 21, that was a joke, okay, alright, um, I'm, I'm filling up some time right here, I'm buying some time. Uh, how many of y'all love the weather this week? My kids literally asked this question this last weekend, they said, Dad, can we put on our bathing suits and go play in the sprinklers in the yard, because it was like 74 degrees last week, I was like, no, it's February, and then and it snowed yesterday, and so we've had all kinds of weather. Welcome to South Carolina. You get all four seasons and a week. Anybody excited to be at church today? We ready? All right. Now, you, now Anderson, I bought you some time. You can pull out your notebooks and your notes, your Bibles. We're going we're gonna to be answering a question today, and it's this question. Who are we? The message today is to answer this question, who are we? And uh, we're going to be in the book of Isaiah 43. If you want to follow along on the app, we've got all the notes there. So you can pull your phone out and you can click on the app and we'll, we'll help you fill in the blanks there. And you can email them to yourself later if you'd like to do that. But I've got a question to ask. How many of you on all of our campuses um, have done one of these Ancestry.com 23andMe DNA tests? Show of hands. Ancestry.com DNA test. Yeah, okay, I've done this. Uh, I don't know if it gets sent off to like Russian spies and they know all my background or whatever, but it's really cool. Um, you, you get this package in the mail. I did it a couple of years ago, and you spit into like a vial. You mail it off, and then a few weeks later, they send you back the results from your Ancestry.com, uh, and it gives you a little bit of a DNA profile. Here's literally my DNA profile. I wanted to show it to you. So um, we got a, a strong British Isle kind of flow in my family, and so that's where all my DNA comes from. And one of the really crazy things was it showed that both my mom and dad's side of the family was already in the United States by the 1700s. So we were, we were here somehow, some way, um, before the U.S. of A became the U.S. of A. That's my DNA story. Right there it is. Now, um, the reason I'm showing you that is because today, my hope is, over the next few moments, to give you a little bit of the DNA story of our church, where we came from, what we've been about, what the first 20 years of our church have been about. And uh, if you're here in Anderson or in some of our upstate campuses, then you might have been around New Spring for a while. But, um, you know, we've got a lot of campuses all over the, the, the state. And so you may just be of kind of kicking the tires and you've been here for a couple of years or whatever. And so today you're going to really get to know who we are and what we are all about. And so our church started 20 years ago with a, a chapter, Isaiah 43, and it was actually named by one of our worship leaders. And so I wanted to read this text for you, and then I'm going to pull five truths from this text for us, and, uh, and we're going to get a little sampling of our DNA as a church. If you're ready for that, say amen. All right, Isaiah 43, let's read it together. It says this, church, remember not the former things, nor the things of old. Behold, God says, I am doing a new thing. 
Now it springs forth. See it? New springs, new springs right there. It's just one spring, by the way, but with springs in the note right here, new springs. So that's why all the people at Walmarts call us new springs, but we're just one new spring. Anyway, sorry, don't get, don't get distracted. I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness, and I'll make rivers in the desert. The wild beasts will honor me, the jackals and the ostriches, for I give water in the wilderness, rivers in the desert, to give drink to my chosen people, the people whom I formed for myself, that they might declare my praise, declares the Lord. Five things that I want to point out from our DNA results as a church, 20 years as a church. The first one is this. I'd love for you to write this down or you can fill in the blank in your app, but it's just simply this. God says he's going to do a new spring in a dead place. God says, I'm going to do a new spring where people don't think new things could ever happen. And that's what he's done, a new spring in a dead place. Uh, I want to show it to you because some of you may know this and some of you others have forgotten. But over the course of our church's history, we have seen not hundreds, not thousands, but we've seen literally tens of thousands of people in 20 years give their life to Jesus Christ, be called from death to life, be given forgiveness of sins, be given a new identity, no longer a slave to sin, but now being called sons and daughters of God because of what Christ and the finished work of the cross has done. And that may be you or they may be sitting near you. So if you have received Jesus Christ at any point in your time at New Spring Church and he has saved your life, I want you to testify right now on all 14 campuses by just standing to your feet in all of our auditoriums. Come on, let's give the Lord a hand. Look around, church. Stay on your feet. Incredible. You stay up, it's awesome. Now here's what I want to say. This is not a hype moment. Every single person sitting near you is a miracle. This is a miracle what God has done. He didn't take a person that was just um, bad and doing bad things and, and, and shift them with some religious trimmings and, and accessories and now they do good things. The Bible says every person that's standing was dead in their trespasses and sins. And that God in his mercy, through the finished work of his cross, gave them forgiveness of sins. Because how many of y'all know God has more forgiveness than we have sin? Amen? And that he gave them forgiveness and a brand new identity. And now they're not even known by their past. That God's grace is so powerful, it didn't just forgive you of your past sins. His grace reaches into your future and has forgiven you of your future sins that you've not even committed yet. Let that blow your mind. And then he's calling you a son or a daughter right now. And he looks at you with Jesus glasses and sees perfect ten sons and daughters. You are not a bad person that he made good. You are a dead person that he made alive forever. He does new springs in dead places. Come on, church. Let's praise the Lord one more time. Give him your best hand clap. Incredible. Incredible. All right. Grab a seat. And I want to show it to you. It's in the text. It says that God's going to do this new thing in desert places, dead places. I mean, there's people that are going to get saved that nobody thought they'd ever give their life to Jesus. They're, they're far from God. They don't believe in God. 
They, I mean, we've had stories of atheists. We've had stories of literal satanic worshipers giving their lives to Jesus. We've had stories of families changed that God, again and again and again, the DNA of this church is that God wants to do a new spring in dead places. Just like it says in, the, in uh, Isaiah 43, I want to read it to you. It says, God says, I will make a way in the wilderness. I'm going to bring rivers in the desert I'm going to do a life-giving river in desolate desert, in rivers in the desert. I will make a way in wilderness in the desert. So first thing he wants to do, God says, I'm going to do a new spring in dead places. But then the next one is, is even more fun, I think. God says he wants to do new spring. He wants to do a new spring in the same place. He wants to do a new spring, and he wants to do it in the same place. Now, I don't know if this is resonating with you, but when I was working through this and the Lord dropped this in my heart, one of the things that he reminded me is that we all get tired from time to time of the same stuff. Um, maybe you get tired of the same meal from time to time, or maybe you get tired of the same rhythms in the, in the Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, or maybe, maybe you've been dating and you're, you're, you've gotten tired in the past. Maybe not now because they're sitting beside you and that would be awkward, but maybe you've been dating someone and you've gotten tired of the same boyfriend for a while, or the same girlfriend for a while, and, and that one of the things that God does is that he wants you to know that you're not going to get tired of him, and that he's going to do new things again and again and again in the same place. And I just want to say really clearly to all the campuses that have been around for more than 10 years, Anderson, Greenville, Columbia, Florence, Charleston, Specifically you, I want to look in the camera and say he wants to continue to do new springs in the same place that he's done again and again and again. He's going to do it again, church. He's been doing it again. And one of the things that that means is that when, when we get a, a whisper from the enemy that, man, like that girl that you dated back when you were in high school, that, oh, I just need to go dump her and date someone new, that that was the way that an immature individual thinks but when you get married, come on, I'm about to, come on, married people. When you get married, um, here's the deal. I used to have a guy, a, a mentor in my life, who says, man, it ain't no thing to be a player and have one trick that you fool a thousand women with. He said, the real player is the one that can marry one woman and show her a thousand different tricks. Come on, husbands, can I get a better amen? That you spend your entire life with that man or that woman and you learn again and again and again the beauty and the mystery of love that God wants to do new things in the same place. And the same thing is true of his church. And so if you have been around for a while, and maybe there was a season of your life that God did a new thing here at this church. What I want you to know is he's going to do a new thing in the same place again. And then maybe you had a season where you had a kid and you kind of got out of the flow of what you were doing. You might have been serving or maybe you had a home group but the, the whole new baby thing threw you off. Well, I want to let you know that in 2020, God's going to do a new thing in the same place. And this might be just a little God nudge to say, hey, I want to do a new thing in your marriage this year. I want to do a new thing in your home group this year. I want to do a new thing as you serve as a part of our, our teams this year. Which, side note, let me just take a time out. Can we say thank you to the thousands of volunteers that helped us set up church today on all of our campuses? Got our parking lots ready in the upstate where we had snow. They're out there on the sidewalk throwing out de-icer. 
getting us in, in the buildings. They're watching our kids in Kids Spring. They're not just watching and babysitting, y'all. They're teaching our kids Jesus on their level. I don't know if you know about the brand new Kids Spring series. It's called Hayah. I've got two kids in Kids Spring, so I have to like play the parts at my house all the time, and we talk about it. But we're teaching them Jesus on their level. God wants to do a new thing, and he wants to do it in the same place. And when we catch this revelation, it's going to make this place even more life-giving every single time. Um, I was reminded of this, actually, because I was praying into this service over our Christmas break. And we had a couple of days off, and we already had this date on the calendar, and I knew we were going to be preaching out of Isaiah 43. And while I was preparing this sermon, the Lord, in his providence, sent an email to me. And it was an email from one of our staff members. His name is Dr. Jim Goodrow. He's a part of our, our church over in Greenville. He, he was the interim pastor of the Eastland Church that, that gave us, which is a miracle, gave us their facility so that we might be able to utilize a space in Greenville. We're in the midst of building right now. And Dr. Goodrow joined our staff, and he's been a part of it for the last two and a half years. And Dr. Goodrow wrote the lead team an email. And I asked him permission if I might share a little with it, uh, of it with you this morning because it was so spot on about how God wants to continue to do new things and wants to bring new springs in the same place. Let me read you this quote. It'll be on the screen. Dr. Goodrow says this in the email to us. He says, you know, during times of change, there are pioneers of the future and there are prison guards of the past. You might want to write that down. And in my 48 years of ministry, which is a miracle, and we'll celebrate that in a minute, but especially the past three decades, traditional churches and their systems have been prison guards of the past, while 21st century paradigm churches like New Spring have been pioneers of the future. And it has been a joy to have been welcomed these past two years into a church that is a pioneer of the future. He goes on to say, I thank the Lord for giving me the energy to work long enough and opening the right doors at the right time for me to have the privilege, the blessing, the joy to have been welcomed into a church which is a pioneer of the future. Keep up your good work, New Spring, for the Omega, the one who is to come, the one who makes all things new. Happy New Year, and I have too much respect to just call him Jim. Happy New Year from Dr. Jim Goodrow. We, look at me church, we are pioneers that's who we are, that's in our DNA, it's always been a part of who we are, and when I read that email, I was just moved to remind you the kind of church you're a part of. We honor, we love, we have a kingdom mentality with all the, the people, like-minded folks that are gonna make Jesus famous and magnify the name of Christ in our world, but we have been called especially to be creative in our approach, to stretch the boundaries in our approach, to go to places that maybe others would not because God has made you and made me a pioneer. Say, I'm a pioneer. I'm a pioneer. No, one more time. Say, I'm a, pioneer. I'm a pioneer. Yeah, you are. You are a pioneer of the future, not a prison guard of the past. That's the kind of church we are. I want to show you some hard, cold statistics now. Now, we don't have business meetings at New Spring Church, but the, the graph I'm about to put in front of you in just a moment will be the closest thing you'll get to, okay? So, uh, but if you like analytics and you like stats, you'll enjoy this. It's how God does a new spring in the same place. Let me show you this bell curve. 
This is the classic bell curve, and, and you can use it for multiple things. You can use it uh, if you're a really mean teacher and you want to grade your, your kids in school on a bell curve, you can do that. Um, but this is, we're going to talk about the business cycle or the church cycle or the life cycle. And there's five major moments in this bell curve. The first one is known as pioneering, and it's the beginning of the bell curve. Something starts, something entrepreneurial begins, and it creates a, a disturbance, a disruption in the norm. Something countercultural happens, and, and it begins to grow and goes from pioneering to growing or maturing. And then you get to a moment where it kind of ends up plateauing or leveling off, and that's, that's known as the maintenance or sustaining section. And then if you, if right here in this space is where most companies or most businesses or most life cycles of any entity try to reinvent themselves. Um, you actually see uh, celebrities do this. This is when, you know, Madonna did this like every five years. Uh, not that I listened to Madonna, but she would change her identity and her music style every so often. Or, or, uh, or businesses will do this, or business models will do this, because if you don't, then you move from sustaining to something called the season of declining. As a matter of fact, we talk about declining, you're seeing a lot of brick and mortar stores in this season right now because there's no longer a need for brick and mortar stores and so Walgreens is shutting um, their stores. You, you see huge boxes like Toys R Us shut their stores because nobody needs a storefront. It can just cost a whole lot of money when you can just order it on Amazon and it'll come right to your house. And so if you don't reinvent yourself, you'll step into a season of declining. And if you ultimately don't create moments of pioneering again, you get to a season known as death. And so that is a life cycle. Typically, businesses see this. It gets a little quicker every day now with technology. This happens about every seven years. Now, that's the natural bell curve. And I want to show you something I discovered over our Christmas break as I was just looking at some of the stats of New Spring Church. Because we have a couple of these moments in our history. So this next graph is New Spring Church for the last 20 years. New Spring Church started way back in uh, actually the same weekend as a snowstorm in January of 2000 and, uh, and started. And you can see this is total dollars given to the church, okay? So that's what this is over the, of the lifespan of New Spring Church. And so let me give you a first marker. You saw growing and then, uh, or sorry, pioneering and growing. And then you get to a moment of sustaining in 2007. And in 2007 going into 2008, we actually plateaued as a church, and we didn't have any growth because at that moment we were in one campus right here in Anderson, South Carolina. And this is when we decided to make the decision to stretch our capacity, to pioneer in a way that not a lot of people were open to doing, to leveraging technology. And we made the decision to go multi-site in the year of 2009. And that's when the Greenville campus started, shortly followed by the Florence campus, the Columbia campus, the Charleston campus, and then 14 campuses later, so forth and so on. And you see a strong upshoot as we reach more people with the good news of Jesus, where we saw more people step into a relationship, where they were restored, and we saw some incredible things. Many of the people that stood up in your auditorium probably made a decision for Jesus in this season, but it was crazy. We, we saw God do some wild things, but I want to show you the next marker was in 2014. We hit kind of the peak season of our growing, and then in 15, 16, 17, we went over the top, and we began to make our way down the other side. Now... People that study life cycles will tell you once you've gone through the sustaining season and you actually are going down the other side of declining, it takes seven 
times the energy, the resource, the creativity, the, the human effort to stop the decline from happening. So if you, if you end up going over the top of the bell curve, it takes way more energy then to stop the decline than it does when you're on the upswing. It's just some of the laws of momentum. So let me put that um, curve back up there again because I want to show you a couple of things that occurred. And, and many of you know this, but if you don't, this is a part of our story, and so it needs to be shared. But in 2016, we went through a massive shift as a church. We ended up losing uh, a founding pastor, and we stepped into team leadership, and it was an incredibly difficult season where if you were around or you were here through that, you remember those days, and you see God's faithfulness, 2017 to me, is a marker of God's goodness, where he raised up men and women that locked arms and said, what the enemy is intended for evil, God will use for good. And I believe that God, in his sovereignty, wasn't surprised by what you're walking through, New Spring Church. And I do this thing called pruning from time to time, and I'm not doing pruning because I'm mad. I'm doing pruning because I want to bring more fruit, and I want to bring more growth. And in 2017, um, the image in my brain, if you could look inside of my brain right now, that I see when I think about 2017 is a, is a Tolkien image from a great movie of yesteryear. Maybe the finest trilogy, sorry, respect to all my Star Wars people out there, maybe the finest trilogy ever written and ever made into movie, I'll even say, from, it's a scene from The Fellowship of the Ring where Gandalf and his fellowship are running away from the demon named Balrog. And all of a sudden, Gandalf turns around and he makes an incredible statement and, a, and a, a demonstrative claim. I don't know if you remember it, but we, we wanted to wake you up in the middle of the sermon. So here it is. Here's what Gandalf had to say. It ain't gonna happen. And he, he looks the demon in the face and he says to that devil, you're not gonna get my team, my crew. I'm gonna stand between you and them. And sure enough, Balrog didn't pass. And I want you to know you have a savior in heaven that loves you so much that in 2017, he said what the enemy intended for evil, I'm gonna use for good. Come on church, it's the time when you clap your hands. I'm gonna build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. I was serious when I said that in Matthew 16. And for the last three years, we've been the benefactors of some of the finest ministry. We've learned that church was meant to be done in team. We've learned how to do ministry in a way that it's not about raising the marketplace name of New Spring, but raising the kingdom name of Jesus. And we're going to be a people that get excited about what Jesus has done. And we're going to fight, look at me, we're going to fight with everything in us, this weird celebrity Christianity thing. And instead, we are going to lift up the name of King Jesus, and we're going to do it together. And that means that everybody has a part to play, every single man, young and old, and we're going to lock arms, and we're going to believe that that is the kind of church that the Lord had in his heart when he thought about the church, but specifically when he thought about New Spring Church. He wants to do a new spring in the same place. He's already begun it. Now, let me go back to that, that slide again of the bell curve, because I want you to see something real quick. Let me see that slide. In 2017, you need to know that the Lord pushed us into a space of pioneering again. Tap your neighbor and say, it's time to pioneer again. That it's time to pioneer again. And the Lord is calling on us to be courageous again. And you have been. 
And now we have seen the Lord create some space and some margin for us. We've seen the Lord give us grace. And you've partnered, many of you, with what God's doing here. And we've seen God bring our, our debt. We started in 2017 with $44 million in building debt. And that debt number has gone down $18 million in the last two and a half years because of the partnership of people like you who said, I'm in. We've seen incredibly strong leadership in our campuses. I, I don't know if you've recognized this, but our campuses over the course of the last five weeks at New Spring Church, we've seen five weeks of attendance in the first little bit of 2020 that are larger than Mother's Day attendance was last year. So God is doing a new spring and it's being felt. And even in the midst of a little snow in the upstate, he didn't keep you in your house as you came out this morning to hear about the vision that God's doing. But I just want to say, you're called to pioneer again. And he's stirring us up to grow again. And I, I'm inviting you to step in again as we're clearly stating what God is doing on every single campus. The third thing that the Lord is doing is he's not just doing a new spring in a dead place or in the same place, but he's, he's made a new spring for every kind of person. It's in the text. The text says that God is going to bring a spring, and that this spring is going to be so tasty that wild beasts show up to drink, and jackals show up to drink, and ostriches show up to drink. Now, I don't know which one of those animals best describes you this morning, or your husband, um, but I just know that every kind of animal shows up. People that would not come together at any time else in societal norms, but they come together in the church. And in a time and a place where the world culturally is so broken and tribal and clicked up, I love looking around an auditorium at New Spring Church, doesn't matter which campus you're on, and seeing old people, young people, white people, black people. We see educated, uneducated, we see homeless, and we see people with multiple homes, and we see every kind of a person, religious background, and people that have never been around the things of Jesus in church, and they are all welcome at a New Spring Church. Doesn't matter who you are, that's what our church has always been about and will continue to be about. Is there anybody else that's thankful that this place is for every single kind of person? I know I am. That a new spring is here for every kind of person. But I don't know if you noticed this in the text, but the text says that when the beast and the ostrich and the jackal drink, they walk away and they're not a beast and an ostrich and a jackal anymore. They're called a person. And that's a real powerful thing. Because out there in the world, you might be called a lot of names. And you might be known by a lot of things. But when you come and drink deeply of Jesus Christ, he gives you a new identity. And he sends you away and in, 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 in you're created for who God has made you to be. A son and a daughter. And it doesn't matter what your friends in college knew you as. Or what your ex-husband knew you as. Or your ex-wife knew you as. It doesn't matter what your last relationship was. Or your last summer was. Or your last semester was. When you come and drink deeply of Jesus Christ, he says, I'm going to take all of your old, and I'm going to see you as a son or a daughter, and that you are going to be my child. But not only does he see you as a person, it says in the text that he sees us as a people. And I know that's been true of me, that God welcomed me here to this church, and he changed my identity through the goodness of what he was giving me in Jesus, and he has brought me together with brothers and sisters, and I know something about blood being thicker than water, but how many of y'all know something about the Spirit of God being thicker than blood? 
and that we have a no ordinary family at New Spring Church. It doesn't matter if you're at the Greenwood campus or down in the Aiken campus or up in Rock Hill or maybe you graduate from your college uh, of choice wherever you go and you relocate somewhere else in South Carolina. One of the beauties of our church in 14 places is that we are now a people. And that God sees us as a chosen people, which brings me to number four, a chosen people that he's going to put a new spring that puts a new praise in each one of our mouths. The, the passage says that this new spring is going to fill our mouths with praise. One of the things that is a distinctive of this church is we are not a quiet church. Can I get an amen? That we're a loud church. That we're going to praise God loud. That we're going to take Jesus up on his words. And if we're quiet, he said the rocks will cry out. And I know there ain't no rocks crying out in the state of South Carolina. Because there are some loud New Spring folks that are okay declaring a little bit of praise. I don't know a lot of churches that you can go to and get yourself a pair of earplugs in the atrium on a Sunday morning. But I know all 14 campuses of New Spring, that's like one of the things they've got at guest services. Because you will be shook by the bass and the loud music every single week because we're going to not be quiet. Amen? But not only are we not going to be quiet in our worship here, we're going to declare his praise out there. Because in just a little bit, the church is going to get up from our seats and we're going to leave the building. And wherever we go and whatever we do, we're going to declare the praise of the Lord. We're going to make it about Him. We're going to testify and tell the story about how He's changed our, our, our lives. And I just want to say to you, if you've not declared the praise of the Lord in a while, maybe you need to drink deep today of the new spring that God's put in front of you. The, the thing in our mouth more than anything politically, more than anything related to sports, more than anything related to whatever's going on, is supposed to be the praise of God. And that's what happens when you drink deeply of the fountain. You can't shut up. You cannot get over the fact that he saved you. He set you free. He's helped you discover a purpose. He's brought you into a no ordinary family. And the praise of God will be in your mouth because that's in our DNA. It's who we are. We're a new spring that will declare the praise of the Lord. Which brings me to fifth and final. The fifth and final point this morning that you see in the text is that this new spring becomes in each one of us a welling, bubbling spring to eternal life for others. And this is a part of our history. That God doesn't just want you to come to Sunday gatherings and be filled up once a week. He wants to send you out to bring quenching, soul-quenching thirst to be quenched in our communities and in our schools and in your families and in your cul-de-sac and in your neighborhood and your apartment complex and your college dorm room. Wherever you are, He wants you to be a bubbling spring of water as well. Jesus was riffing on this passage in Isaiah 43 when he met this woman in John chapter 4. They were sitting at a well. She was somebody that had been pushed out by society. She had been married a bunch of times. She had all kinds of baggage and all kinds of scars. And so she was trying to slip in and get a drink of water at Jacob's well when nobody would notice. But Jesus had planned on her being there. He had predestined this conversation. They get in a dialogue, and she thinks that she has disqualified herself from being loved by God. And Jesus makes it explicitly clear that that's just not true. That he would go from heaven to earth and would meet her at this well just so she would know that she's loved. And that she doesn't have to see herself the way the world does, but she can know herself as a daughter. They have a conversation about this water. Jesus wanted to tell her about living water. She just wanted to ask about a drink in Jacob and argue a little bit about religion. But watch what Jesus says in John chapter 4, verse 13. 
Jesus says these words to her in this conversation. He says, Jesus says to her, everyone who drinks of this water, the, the water in Jacob's well, they'll be thirsty again. But whoever drinks of the water that I give him will never be thirsty again. In fact, the water that I will give him or her will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Do you know your God's plan A to bring a spring of living water to your, your job? There's not a plan B. Your God's plan A to bring a living water, living spring to your high school, to your ball team, you're it. God's counting on you. He's betting on you. Not because you've got the strength, but because in your weakness you are strong. And he wants to put a fountain in you. So when you go to your job tomorrow and that gal from your cubicle next door says, I've had the worst weekend ever, you're able to offer her a cold soul-quenching drink of Jesus Christ, his salvation and his freedom, the purpose and destiny that he has. You're his plan A. I'm his plan A. We are all called to not just be one spring, to be 20,000 new springers released into the state of South Carolina. I just happen to think the flood we saw this week ain't nothing on the flood that Jesus Christ wants to bring of life-quenching drink through you and through me. And so let me put a new vision statement in front of you because it's who we are. And if you've been on the outside looking in, trying to make up your mind, I want to invite you into this vision statement. Here is New Spring Church. New Spring Church is a life-giving church marked by the presence of God, activating us to impact others. We're a life-giving church because God has given us eternal life. And so if you're around here and you came in at a 5 we want you to leave in an auditorium today at an eight. Whatever kind of week you had, we want you to come and get your soul quenched so you might leave with a little pep in your step, a little wind behind you, a reminder that God is for you. He's not against you. That whatever's happened this week that was rough, that Lord can turn what the enemy's intended for evil for good. Amen? And wherever you are, you're going to come and get some life every time you come to a gathering because Jesus Christ has life on offer. But we're not just a life-giving church. We're a, a church marked by the presence of God. That's what gives us life. That the number one person we do church for is we are a church for God, and we're so for God that we're for others. And we're so for others that we're, we're for God. We want them to meet Him too. And, and I want to tell you a story from just a couple of weeks ago. Right back here at this auditorium door in Anderson, we had a, an usher. Her name's Miss Sweet Jeanette. And she was standing at that door during our 5 o'clock gathering. She was welcoming people into the auditorium, and I was standing out in the atrium being an extrovert. And uh, so I'm standing out there having a conversation, and I was looking back toward the auditorium, and I see Miss Jeanette, and she's trying to get my attention. I'm in a conversation, and she's giving me one of these, and I'm like, oh my gosh, something must be really bad wrong inside the auditorium. The service had just gotten started, and she's giving me this. And I'm like, well, excuse me, excuse me, how do you go? I run over to Miss Jeanette. I think somebody's got a medical emergency in here. The lights have finally taken somebody out. They've stroked out because of the lights and, they're, and we're going to have to do some medical care. But no, 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 no. She grabs my hands right at the door and she says, Pastor, Pastor, do you feel that? What, Miss Jeanette? She pulls me across the threshold of that back auditorium door and says, it's the presence of God. He's here. And I was just marked by that moment because she's right. When you come into a room where people, two or three, are gathered and they're lifting up the name of Jesus Christ, 
Jesus says in his Psalms that he is enthroned on the praises of his people. And one of the things, the distinctives about this place is because we've got a group of folks that aren't going to be silent. We're going to declare his praise. We're going to be marked by the presence of God. You can expect that every time you come to church because that's who we are. But you know what we're also? We're not going to sit here on our hands and amen loudly and not let the Lord change our lives. We're going to sit in here, and it doesn't matter who's preaching, they're all bringing the Word of God. We're going to let the Holy Spirit of God have His way in our hearts. And every single week you get to a moment where some questions are going to be asked about how to make this practical to you. And how you might change. Because if in 10 years of attending New Spring Church you're the same person today that you were 10 years ago, something's wrong. Something's wrong. Either we're not doing our job or you're not doing yours. That's for you to decide. But every single week we're going to get to a, a God moment at the end of a service where we're going to put some practical questions in front of you so that we're not hypocrites out there. Anybody tired of hypocrites? We're not going to be hypocrites out there. We're going to let the Lord change us in here and do a work in here so that when we go back to our job tomorrow or our school tomorrow or back to our neighborhood that people feel that God's doing a work in us that makes a difference out there. He's activating something in here that causes us to impact others. That's who we are. We're a life-giving church marked by the presence of God. We're always going to be activating one another so that we might go and impact the world. But let me show you this. Here's our mission statement. I want to put this mission statement in front of you, and I love a good diagram. It's three things that you may be familiar with, but every church should be about these three things. Number one, Matthew 22. Every church should be about the great commandment. Jesus said, what's the greatest commandment? He was asked, he said, the great commandment is love the Lord your God all your heart, soul, and mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. Love God and love others, the great commandment. But that wasn't the only thing he told us to be on mission about. He said six chapters later, after he had defeated sin and death on the cross, he, he resurrects and he says that he's going to go away to prepare a place for us, but since he's going away to prepare a place for us, he wanted to give us his authority. And he said in Matthew 28, the great commission, you're going to go into all the world you're going to baptize people in my name, teaching them to follow and obey everything that I've taught you, the great commission and the great commandment. But that's not all. Maybe those are familiar to you, but this next one is so important. Dare I say, I think it's the most critical one in our day, especially in South Carolina. God has called us in John 17 to live out the great collaboration. We're called to co-labor together. That gone are the days of me having a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, but thinking that the church is of no value. That I can have a relationship with Jesus and bank on dying one day and going to heaven. And so I'll just worship God on my bass boat or worship God in my deer stand or worship God on the golf course or worship. And those things are all true. And there's plenty of times to on a weekend get away and do some things with your family. But here's the deal. God has not called us to have a personal relationship with him and nobody else. He's called us to be a church and to do it together. Can I get an amen? The great co-labor. We're called to co-labor together. And we want to invite you into that. So here's the shorthand way of saying it. We're going to love God, we're going to love people, and we're going to love doing all of that together. We're going to love God, we're going to love people, and we're going to love doing all of that together. And our effort today is to be incredibly clear so that you might be able to move at full speed because you've got a couple of decisions to make as well. Habakkuk 2.2 says these words. Habakkuk 2.2 says, And the Lord answered me, Write the vision. Make it plain. I've tried to do everything I can to make it plain. 
Make it plain today. Why? So that the one who reads it may run with it. We want to move at full speed as a church. We want to move at full speed on mission in South Carolina. The vision is clear. Life-giving, presence of God, activating us to impact others. The vehicle of the mission is clear. The commission, the commandment, the collaboration. And now the question is this. Will you take a step in? The invitation is to no longer sit on the sidelines and be a participant, but to pioneer again and get on board and be a producer. Don't be a consumer only. Step in and find your gift. Discover what God's made you for. Find your brothers and sisters so that you too can be a part because here's what I know. We're 20 years old today, but we're going to be 40 years old in no time. 2020. And in 20 more years, you're going to be able to look back and say, I was there on that Sunday, and I'm really grateful that I stepped in, and I took a step forward, and I was a part of what God was building at New Spring Church. So two questions I want to put in front of you before we close. Number one is this. What are you doing right now that 20 years from now, you would say thank you to yourself for? What are some of the habits, some of the decisions, some of the priorities that you've made right now. I can tell you one, it's real easy. You've made the priority today to get up and be a part of a church gathering. Well done. I guarantee you in 40 years from now, looking back on these days, if that's a priority in your life, you're gonna say, great job. Great job, that was a good decision, getting your family in church. You're gonna meet your spouse in church. You're gonna raise your kids in church. You're gonna retire and be a part of the life-giving thing even beyond your job vocationally here in church. What are the things that you're doing right now that you'd say thank you for. Now the second question is like it, but it's gonna be a little more helpful. What are some things in 20 years that you could potentially regret that you're doing right now? And maybe you can, by the power of the Holy Spirit and God's good grace, make some decisions today to shift some things. What are some, th maybe it's some eating habits. Maybe, maybe, it's, maybe it's some priorities at work or maybe you're putting your career over something. Maybe it's, maybe it's the travel ball thing. Maybe it's the way you're talking to your spouse. Maybe it's the fact that you've not signed up yet for the marriage conference. And man, this could be the one that really sets your family up for the long haul. Maybe it's who you're dating. Maybe it's your college major. Maybe There's a lot of things. I'll let the Holy Spirit speak to you. But what are the things that potentially you would regret in 20 years? Maybe it's how much you've been indulging in certain things. And the Lord's saying, hey, you need to cut that out. Maybe you need to go on a fast for a little bit. Maybe you need to change your diet. Maybe you need to change your weekend schedule. Maybe you, maybe, I don't know what it is. We're gonna create some space right here on every single campus for you to make some decisions to step in and be a part of what God is doing. Can I invite you to your feet on our campuses? I'm gonna close us in prayer. And then our campus pastors and our worship leaders are coming out to give us a chance to respond. Father God, thank you today that you've made it clear. And that, Lord, it's plain. You've invited us in so that we might run at full speed. God, thank you for the grace that you've given us so that we can make mistakes at full speed. You've not called us to be perfect, but you have called us to make a difference. And so, Lord, activate your church. Holy Spirit, fill us up. Give us more of you. Call us into the gifts that you want us to operate in. Call us into the friendships and the community that we might need to re-engage in. Lord, I pray for every single campus and every single campus pastor, the cities that we're in, that they would be different 20 years from now because of the decisions, the courageous decisions that men and women are making right now in this service. 
that our kids are going to be raised different, our marriages are going to look different, that we're going to be different kinds of grandparents, and we're going to have different kinds of retirement because of what you're doing in our hearts right now. We love you, Lord, and today's all about you. So as we step into this next season, come with us, lead us, let it all be about you. Magnify your name through the mouth of New Spring Church for your glory, our joy, and the world's good. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Come on, let's give the Lord a hand.